0: Thank am not you Okay. We're unmuted. Sure, except and we're and... unmuted. Ah, yes, exactly. okay. Okay.
1: Aha. Sarah, you were here, we can start.
2: Um yeah, hang on one second. I had a little difficulty first. Is this there's I mean, am I seeing everybody who's here? Okay.
1: Yep. Yep means go. <laughs> yes means go. Um, before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. We have posting requirements that we have been, that have been met. The property has been posted. The adjoining property owners are notified. Uh, published the proceedings are published in the paper. And the proceedings are also noticed in the Rock County website when appropriate. Public is invited. This is kind of a hybrid, kind of, it is a hybrid meeting, obviously. So we have those who are attending, commissioners that are attending by Zoom. This particular evening our recording secretaries attending by Zoom. And so, for the record, for those that are attending by Zoom, we'd appreciate it if you keep yourself muted unless you're speaking. If you have a question or need to ask the commissioners anything, then I would say raise your hand, or there is a um, well, there's a, a system at the bottom of your screen on Zoom that allows you to raise a hand, or just raise your hand. We'll find you. Um, in addition to that, the public. Monitor the proceedings by listening in on the phone, calling in. And lastly, obviously, we have those that are here in person. So, with those brief announcements, oh, and one other thing uh, I'd appreciate it if cell phones are silenced. At least that takes care of it. So, with that, I'd like to call to order the March 3rd meeting of the Route County Planning Commission. Sarah, are you doing the roll call or should I do it?
2: Uh, it doesn't matter to me either way.
1: How have at it. You typically do do it.
2: Okay, Steve Warnke. Yes, Brian Kelly.
1: Yes,
2: Andrew Benjamin. Here, Roberta Marshall. No, uh, Bill Norris. Here, Greg Yeager.
3: I'm here uh, remotely, so I'm not going to be voting for the application, but here for the master plan update more.
2: Got it. Linda Miller. Ditto for her, I think. Uh, Jim DeFrancia.
0: Paul Weiss.
2: Paul there. No. I think
1: that's uh, and Re- and Ren Martin here, here. We have a quorum. Um, first order of business is public comment. Anyone who wishes to address the commissioners on anything that is not on the agenda tonight, now would be the time to do so. Hearing none, we'll move on to the first item consideration. Zirko Island COG Tower, Conditional Use Permit, PL application PL 20210027. Uh, typically, we like to hear from the petitioner first. So, and if you would please use, I guess everybody does not use the lectern. Okay, if you care sure. to uh, so you can shoot it a little bit farther into the room. And um,
2: and since I'm not there, I'm sure there's a sign-in sheet going around. Uh, I think we can you
1: know. yeah.
2: Okay, and uh, and whoever's speaking, please identify yourself so I can figure that out from here.
1: Really? Uh my name is Sean Heskett. I'm one of the owners of Circle Wireless. And thank you for having us here this evening. Um, we started in 2001, uh, providing internet around route County and, um, the Hayden tower, uh, was built in the 1980s by route County. Um, it has been abandoned for the whole entire time that we've been in business. Um, and then we finally approached the County and said, are you interested in leasing us or, um, selling this or, you know, What's the deal with it um, And Round county didn't even know that it existed. <laughs> um, so we went through quite a process of getting ourselves up to speed and Round county up to speed, um, finally came to an agreement and uh, purchased the tower. Um, and then came back and found out that there had never been an original cup for the tower back in the 1980s um, so. Um, We're here tonight to go ahead and apply for the CUP to continue using the structure that's already there. Um, We will be adding, um, obviously, equipment to the tower. Uh, There will be a few pieces of equipment down at the base of the tower. Um, Let's see if there's a good picture for you to pull up, Steven. Yeah, there we go. Yeah So there's currently in that last picture that you saw, there's currently kind of a big metal uh, sauna tube thing that sticks up out of this. This concrete pad already exists right here. Uh, so we would be putting two outdoor weatherproof lock hole units that have their rack mount. So they have all of the flashy lights and all of our equipment that goes in the base there. Uh, we do have a generator. Um, it's a GenRack generator, like what you have on the back of your house, especially if you live in Florida. Um, and then uh, a propane tank to feed that generator should it need to activate. Um, and there will also be some batteries in these units um, to take over during minor power outages. The generator takes over during major power outages. And there you can see a few radios that will be putting on the tower structure. Else that anybody would like to. I'll go to the detail. Yeah. Uh, no, I think we're good. Okay. Take you want to Embellish.
4: Okay, like the applicant expressed, um, express circle wireless is here to pursue a conditional use permit on an existing hundred-foot tall telecommunication tower. Hmm. Sorry, gotcha. Inbox. Um so the project description is to repurpose this existing vacant telecommunication tower to use it for their wireless internet services. Um, additionally. They're going to relocate their existing equipment from a tower that's directly adjacent to this that they've been leasing space on to the um, subject tower. Just approved. Just a quick background on the tower that we're talking about tonight is that if they're accurate. It was constructed by Route County in the 1980s. Um, it did not receive or pursue a conditional use permit. Um, this tower is located on state land. It's a parcel containing a little over thirteen hundred acres, and this tower sat vacant for an unknown amount of time. I wasn't able to research exactly when it was abandoned, but it's been decades since used. Um, Circle Wireless purchased this tower from County in twenty twenty one. And they obtained a lease to the area of the tower, including ingress of the site from the state. So they own the tower, however, they're leasing the portion of property was So we have a vicinity map here, and we have the orange arrow identifying the location of that existing tower. And you can see it in that lower right hand area, the town of in So this sits up on the cog, which overlooks the town and caden a line of sight um, to users of the wireless internet there. Additionally, we've got a uh, closer project site. So we've got the orange arrow pointing to this little red circle, which is the location of the tower. Directly north of that is a slightly larger tower um, that has a Additional use permit as well, but currently, these are listed co located on. Then we've got the access point that goes down the shared driveway to County And just to close in, I plugged
0: in the quality, it's
4: not that great. Um, we
2: have a close in of this site, and it includes in the very middle of that triangle is where the
4: tower is, and then these dashed lines are guy wires. <laughs> um, it's a 16 inch triangle that's 100 feet tall, supported by guy wires, um, which you can see a little better in this photo here, and then in this depiction as well. So it's a really a tall, narrow um, tower as far as telecommunication towers are concerned. It's not the typical construction we would see um, if a new tower was built. And here's a same visit photo of the tower. It's a little bit more visible in this photo, just because it's see the clouds. And that's looking
0: south towards the top.
4: And then we have a photo, I'm not sure I leave from your the isn't that one? Oh. thank you so we've got the tower on the right hand side of the photo with the yellow arrow indicating its location and then below in the red circle is the top of page so that's that line of site to users that would be down in the valley. And then, just to get perspective on the site and proximity to occupied residences. So, this is from the parking area. Um, The fencing that you're seeing to the right is actually the equipment area of that tower directly to the north, which is significantly larger. Tower with uh, more utility buildings. But in the red circle, you're seeing that's the nearest occupied residence. That's from the parking area directly north
0: of the um, existing tower. And
4: then here's a photo of the access. This was the first snow of the year, so it wasn't cloud at that point um, back in November. But this is the access. So, just to bring up a few um, comments that we heard from neighbors during the review period, um, we got comments concerning increased noise from equipment on the site. Um, When Circle was approached about that, their response is that um, it emits essentially the sound of a ceiling fan, and it's something that you can only be hearing if you're standing directly adjacent to the site. You wouldn't be hearing it if you were standing 15, 20 feet.
2: Additionally, we
4: um, received a concern regarding wildfire risk and fire mitigation on site. Um, we tried repeatedly to get comment from West Fire Protection District. Okay, so we repeatedly attempted to get comment from West Fair Protection District. However, they did not respond to our referral request. But we did include a commission of approval, recommended commission of approval um, regarding defensible space on the site. Additionally, um, the, the generator or the propane generator um, is located on a concrete pad, the propane tank itself is not. And that propane tank is only powering the generator if there's a power outage exceeding eight hours. Which is- not something that happens on a regular basis. So that equipment would not be in use very frequently. Um, and in addition to that cafe had there's very little vegetation surrounding the site. So the tension space is really realistic for the applicants to maintain there. Um, we also received concerns regarding damage to the shared driveway. Some of these comments were more pertain to the larger tower that exists on site directly more this, which is owned by SBA Towers and has a separate additional use permit. Um, but we discussed these concerns with the applicant, and thus far, their comments are that they are comfortable taking responsibility for any damages that they would potentially create the shared driveway. Um, but we have some neighbors here, so I would imagine they'll about that. So, those are kind of the three things that we've heard from neighbors regarding um, impacts on that site that they wanted to see addressed.
1: Um, the existing towers in the county, have we had issues with, with wildfire concerns? No, I'm,
4: I mean, I'm, I'm not aware of any, um, and maybe the neighbors can speak to it more. The one that I had spoken with, that had concerns that there been some lightning strike grass fires in the area. So it was really mitigation efforts that they wanted to, see, sure. um, to make sure that this site was not going to be contributing to any wildfire risk. The actual site of the tower itself is in a moderate wildfire zone, however, surrounded by low wildfire risk zones. Um, so it doesn't have an incredibly I'm high potential. There's really not very much vegetation aside from grasses and a few safe brush shrubs, but any little bit of mitigation probably can help
1: reduce the Questions for staff or the petitioner? Yeah. How, how frequently is the road used? Um, right, yeah. Yeah. After a dozen times a year. Yeah. After it's built, if, what's the equipment on the tower? Where we use to check up on the program. If We need to do it here sometime to fix or maintain. That's very highly half half dozen. Do you all have any plans to sublet additional space on the tower? No, we do not. Did you get it structurally checked out? I mean, it's been sitting there 30 years or 35 years, abandoned. Yeah, let's say it's got serious guy wires. but uh, It's all galvanized steel, and uh, yeah, we, uh, looked at the structure and uh,
5: the guy wires, do need a little
1: tightening, uh, but. Tower. your main reason for going there is to be your own thing. Is that what I sort of gathered? Yeah, the SBA tower that we're currently on is uh, you know, the, the lease is very expensive, and everybody always wants a cheaper internet. This is one way to reduce our costs because we now own the tower um, that Ralph County sold to us. Any other questions? questions? How often does your state tell us a little bit about the state lease? Does it renew every five years? What what are the terms? Um, um, actually, uh, um, a, um, yeah, I actually have it. say it's it's a free The state does the same lease for all of their towers across the entire state. It's a I believe it's set to thirty years. If you guys can hear me, there. Yeah, I'm sure. You're better than anybody else. I can just share it. It's
2: a thirty-year term. Thank
4: you.
1: Uh, there are no questions from the commissioners at this point. I move into public comment. Anyone who wishes to. Comment on the petition from the public. That would be the time to do so. Sir. Sure. All right. I'm the. Sir, president. if you could probably use the lectern, I mean, that works. Better. Yeah. And we need your name for the yeah, record. I'm Jeremy Klein. I'm the actually the president of the Homesteader Property Owners Association out there. Um, dining here, just you know. Huh. I guess, you know, my biggest concern, you know, fire mitigation won't be brought up, but the, the road usage too. Um, I know you guys said it wasn't going to be a heavy, a lot of heavy usage. The big thing that is, it just, when you guys get done with the building and everything and construction of this, and it just, it has get a better shape as before. Um, maybe they for the small section of, I mean, all the homeowners do. That's what our hoa pays for about, I'd say, probably 150 foot of actual home center lane that it's traveled. And then upon, you know, then from there, the shared rightway with Jason at Genick Stewart. Yep. And, you know, I just, that's one yeah. big thing that, you know, concerns me with it. Yeah, um, for us too, because of, uh, you know, good road is uh, essential for accessing it. Um, Jared here is our main. Jared Elby is our main tech who goes out there. Um, when we have had to be there and implement weather, um, we have a side by side with the tank tracks on it so that we don't run up the road. Um, and yeah, of course, if anything was ever damaged due to our usage or whatever, we would be responsible for repairing that damage. So, and then the uh, the vehicles that we normally use are just, uh, Toyota Tundra the trucks. Okay, <clears throat> so just like to kind of like during construction, how much traffic will be going? On? It's <clears throat> all of the equipment that's already on site, essentially, right? because it's already on the tower. So there's not one no additional Say if there is anything else that can fit in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the towers are the structures are there. The Bringing in is like the equipment boxes, those are pretty big. So we got bring those the trailer. In a generator that you can fit in. I think I got it. It's a 16-foot trailer. <laughs> Bring that in But I have seen that road messed up and I know what you're talking about, but the ditches and stuff get yeah. you know get, it gets wet. Yeah, it looks like people have gone off in the ditches, you know, right there. And I've seen that get red out. So I'm um, aware of what but I did, I won't go up there. So, Mr. Klein, just yeah. for the record, I guess it appears to me that there's already dialogue and a relationship between the two of you, and I would expect that would we'll just continue on. Yeah, I would think so. Much. Okay. That would be a problem. As long as yeah. you're happy, we're happy. Yeah, yeah. can always call us. Okay. Appreciate Thank you. It. Yeah, sure. Uh, Thank Anyone else from the public? Hearing none or seeing none? At both hearing. You know what? Yeah, I don't. Just, not. I didn't take attendance on the Zoom thing, so I'm not uh, sure. There is, like, is
4: monitoring uh, the Zoom. i have not, not seen. Well, I just thought before answering.
1: we closed public to make sure that there isn't.
4: That's the public comment on Zoom. I'll
1: We're good? That. Okay. Hearing none, then I'll close the uh, public comment portion of this petition, the proceedings. For the petitioner, of just a quick question, you are aware and have evaluated and considered all the conditions that are present in this um, CUP permit, and you're good with them. Correct. The timeline. Um, um, well, there's well, a to get the, uh, the condition oh, number yeah. seven. Has to be on uh, on air within three months of the application. It's is three months been. enough time? You know, considering that it's, it's actually going back, back up. Just a minute. Is there actually a building permit on this?
4: Not yet. So we might need. To well, would there be one? There would be two. Yes. yes. yes.
1: For what? Uh, for, for, for,
4: for the equipment locating on it. The electrical. Yeah, like generally, and putting up the Okay. And if you recall, that three months was attached to all our CUPS to uh, some problem towers. Uh, that we've had in the past. Right. Uh, so, but that is something that is really approachable if
1: that's feasible. Yeah, it sounds like we want to get a third one dry, so if it's dry enough, and right, before getting up there, and not. might be next week. Yeah, but yeah, looking I think we have <laughs> extended the
4: three month on your fire permit.
1: We yeah. did on the Hogsbeak one because of that location.
4: Right, right.
1: There is a process for administratively extending that. That's, then that's fine. Any other comments? Questions? Um, well, under the circumstances might there be a motion? Did we want to talk about the defensible space addition number twenty-three? Sorry. What did you want to talk about? Well, what does that mean in this you know type of application? How soon as west route hasn't responded. Is there a standard definition for defensible space?
4: There are state standards for defensible space. It's keeping growth of certain um, levels of, of different type of vegetation, a certain Good. distance from structures. This site already, so, that, so it's really compliant. Really with it um, that we're looking for. Sometimes we see in these types of components that we want landscaping to obscure the tower, you know, visual mitigation. What right. well, we're kind of requesting here is the opposite. Please don't landscape directly into <coughs> it to hide your equipment because we don't want to create additional fire. So,
1: Let's probably dry out the dot. They get, would probably that. Yeah. <laughs> well, under the term based on what you just described, I think it would make more sense to a defensible space is to be maintained around the structure. I think yeah. is what you're kind of saying.
4: Yeah, we can, uh, we can change the just
1: substitute recommended. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I think. I, th- I think. I mean, I immediately kind of started thinking about like a gravel perimeter. But, you know, I don't know that. I mean, if, if the concern is wildfire, it's not necessarily the human starting At least the concern for the public is wildfire. The only way that you could help enhance that in any way would be to extend gravel. But again, who recommends the perimeter distance right, right. and all that stuff? Yeah. So. And if it's a lightning strike, guess what? And there's, yeah. a pad. Yeah. there's a concrete pad, small concrete pad for the propane tank to sit right. down on. And, and that's much right. more structural for the propane so tank. The propane tank
4: will be on the
1: concrete pad, at the generator is. So I'm, I'm okay with I, I like space, The space shall be maintained around the structure. I like that. Better. okay, yeah. So that's that's the change okay. that's yeah, right, right now. Yeah, and we do have to be back around everything and knocking down that's that's near because we don't want our
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> commissioners have any thought on an additional condition to <clears throat> limit the ability to sublet, just keeping the impacts down. This is true, don't we encourage that? <laughs> Yeah, we, we are yeah, trying code, to do is minimalization. location. Yeah, number yeah. of towers. So we really encourage co-location.
4: We do, actually we, we try to have less towers in the county um, and encourage co-location um, to the taller counties. Uh, that's the policy at the moment. Circles towers are a little unique, as I they described, they're internet towers. Um, typically you agree to that condition, but it's not typical that you have co-locators on your towers anyway. Um, so um, that condition is there, um, that if maybe technology changes or you change your mind in the future, um, but it's more than likely there wouldn't be co-location on their towers. Additionally, because it's not in the land that this is on, a co-locator would be required to kind of get some sort of access and- as well, um, but that condition is in there because it's in you know nearly all of our telecommunication tower uh, conditional use permits, so it's up to you guys whether or not you're to keep that. Um, I mean, it is adjacent to another existing tower that does have the locators,
1: but I would leave it in. Okay. it's consistent with what we do. Yes. Yeah. Communication towers instead of cellular. Yeah, thank you. Just getting it, you are getting it, Pay attention to details. <laughs> Anything else, Commissioner? I'm not to make a motion. Uh, the approval of the commission to number 21, 21, two, as uh, staff, Second. And we have a second. Any discussion on the motion? I think a friendly amendment that it includes findings of fact one as written, general conditions one through thirteen as written, and specific conditions one or sixteen through fourteen. Sorry, through twenty-three as edited.
2: Can I get a clarification on the second, please?
1: Brian Kelly. Thank you. Uh, I need this. We have a motion and a second and an accepted friendly moment. Any, moment. Oops. Yeah, right. I know. Any other discussion? Hearing none. On petition PL 20210027, all those in favor of the motion as presented and the second, please signify by saying yes. No. yes. Yes. Opposed say no. Chair votes yes. Motion is carried gentlemen, have a good evening. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Thank you. We're
1: going to discuss the master plan. You're more than welcome to stay. Uh-huh. <laughs> really. You have any other attention here? <laughs> 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 <Yeah. Yeah. laughs>
0: Well, i, I <laughs> <a little bit. laughs>
1: so we have time right <laughs> <our> <laughs> <laughs> <I'm not. Yeah. laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah. I guess so.
1: The way it's supposed to work. Who's that guy in the mask? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Susan.
4: Um, yeah. um, okay, so um, i
1: to... Okay, Christy, I think you're on.
4: Were you able to hear us. can you hear us?
2: Yeah, I can hear you. It's just that when um, Tegan was talking from the table, uh, it was, she was kind of garbled as well as people from the audience. I could hear everybody from planning commission just fine.
1: It would occur to me that you can probably just extract that which needs to be extracted.
2: I don't know what that means.
4: <laughs> At least it wasn't a very exciting decision. Yeah um let's see dave can you hear us
5: i sure can can you hear me yes
4: oh, yeah. we can so right. dave, dave from Cushing terrell is with us here over zoom he wanted to be here in person but he was double booked with another public hearing so let's feel bad for him to come on night. <laughs> <laughs> so um <coughs> Dave, do you want to drive the bus on the presentation, or is it easier for me?
5: Um, I can do it. I've got it. I got it ready. If we're if we're uh, ready to go. Yeah, we are. Cool.
4: And Dave, I have the backup document if we need to bring that up. Um, everybody has a hard copy in front of them, and. Um,
5: David's going to kick us off. Cool. <clears throat> All right. Good evening, everyone. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Good to see some mm-hmm. of folks again. Again, sorry I couldn't be there in person. I'm I am on the right side of the Continental Divide at least, but couldn't quite uh, get to the get to the meeting in time. Um. <clears throat> so what what are we doing here today? Let's uh let's kind of review the purpose of what we want to cover. Um. <clears throat> so what you have is the uh, community assessment report and assumptions report. And uh, what that means is that we took everything that we've heard from all the input and from all the studying that we've done and put it all in one place in terms of what the county master plan should cover. So you see these topics here. We'll go through each one of these um, and then we'll talk about next steps. Um, And so hopefully you had time to review uh, the, the said document Christy was referring to uh we have a couple of prompts on our on our slides here but we'll basically uh we'll, we'll go through each one of these one by one and get get your responses and your guidance uh <clears throat> quick update on community engagement uh you know we held we all all of our community open houses um we are planning for another online survey and social media polling something quick and easy for folks to Provide feedback on some of the things we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, quicker poll, not like a long survey. Just, just more of a, how do you feel about this? Quick hitting kind of thing, so we can we can start to build up that that feedback in anticipation of when we have the full plan together, and we can um, we can use what we what we hear now to kind of craft that plan on uh, the next couple months. Um, and then, of course, after after the process, the planning department will hold regular. Uh, uh, Annual community meetings. This is a thing that we've we've sort of, uh, or the team has sort of come up with that is really important as an educational standpoint uh, to make sure, almost like a like what you'd call a town hall in other places, is to open open opportunity for people to come in and ask questions and to inform everybody of what the master plan does and how the implementation might might play out, what you actually do with it. And uh, Christy.
4: What we talked about is that, you know, we've, we've done the roadshow before, and it's essentially the same thought process that as we've gone through this um, outreach process this past fall, it was really clear that, you know, people had a lot to say, and, you know, it was an opportunity for us um, to check in, but also particularly when we're in Stagecoach, as an example, there's a lot of nuances with Stagecoach and HR and there's a lot of, um, issues with particularly the south area stagecoach and the rose being built and so people really wanted an opportunity to talk about that so when this process is complete. Um, from a uh, planned document standpoint, our job it doesn't end there, um, we want to update our regulations next, which will be the implementation of the master plan, but we also want to go back out to the community, you know, yearly, quarterly, we'll see what is appropriate to continue
5: to check in, you know, so it's not this long gap, you know, and we're at this point of where we're at now. So uh, go ahead, Dave. Exactly. All right, so some of the outcomes and and anybody can jump in if you have any questions, but uh, what we want to do is we want to confirm uh, this report, which means do we have it all? Are there any gaps in the in the subject matter or the questions we're ask, asking, or or in the, or if you need any more information on any particular thing? This is kind of a, again, like I said, everything is assembled into one place for the first time, and then we're going to turn this into uh, into the plan. We want to discuss the the master plan draft uh, delivery and timing. As so you can see, our snake diagram, as we so lovingly call it, we're right about at this point here. So um, how that how all that works, we can we can. Uh, bring that up as a topic and discuss that. Uh, and then the other important piece is, is uh, acknowledging from planning commission standpoint, the integration of these other plans that are listed here. Uh, it's an important piece of how the master plan works. And again, is implemented, is how uh, these plans become a part of the master plan. And the master plan doesn't necessarily have to grapple with every one of these plans. The plan itself could be linked in a way that when when the climate action plan, for example, is updated, the master plan refers to that plan and up and basically acknowledges all the implementation and action strategies that that plan has. So we can talk a little bit more that, about that, give you some examples as we get into it. But the, these, this is kind of the preliminary list of these plans that we wanna make sure that are very well connected uh, in this process and that everything's um, uh, cohesive and considers all the other, other things going on.
1: Wouldn't you have sub area plans in there too? So that will be another discussion that we do need to have.
4: About the direction of our sub area plans, so uh, we will get to that also Um, one point I do want to make um, regarding these other plans, so if you haven't noticed, or maybe you have, I hope you have um, the past two applications that you have reviewed integrated policies from the climate action plan, they're in a separate section because they are not in our regulations yet. It is a separate plan and they have not been formally adopted in the master plan as of yet. So basically the question is, is there alignment with these other plans rather than compliance with?
5: So that's just something to keep in mind as
4: we're going through this process.
5: Perfect. All right, so some of the the highlights uh, here, of what, what this this uh, this report is is really the outcomes of this report. Uh, a lot of this has been confirming that the community supports the existing master plan goals, and the master plan has done a good job of many things. And that is, uh, you know, first and foremost, to direct development to the growth centers and growth targets that that plan out, outlines, uh, which are these 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 uh, four bullets here: existing municipalities. Uh, annexation from those municipalities when appropriate. Uh, and then our are areas in the, in the unincorporated county that are uh, targeted for growth, um, that kind of aligns with annexation as well, but West a Steamboat and North, uh, North Stagecoach in particular, uh, because of the zoning and things there, that's a, that's a key one that, that we've taken a hard look at. Um, and uh, th- so this these uh, subjects, eight or seven, eight, nine subjects and the bullet points uh, below them, it's starting to serve as a preliminary outline for the draft plan. And, and that's the beauty of, of doing this exercise is that we can take what we learned tonight and take what we learn over the next couple of days and weeks and basically start making that the plan, um, you know, really kind of the meat and potatoes of it, what the plan does. There, there's an additional amount of uh, summary of what we've heard and, and discussion for each one of these topics that leads to the issues that were identified, which leads to the bullet points we're going to go through today that will obviously make up the whole plan and the plan document once it's all in one place. We kind of eliminated, we've kind of boiled it down to just the really uh, the really critical pieces and strategies and actionable things tonight uh, for this discussion. I uh, also you know, found that there's consensus in that expanding housing uh, op- opportunities means uh, accommodating future growth. So through future growth, you will implement a lot of the housing goals and meet the vision of expanding housing opportunities throughout the county, um, and then, meanwhile, maintaining the county character in the landscapes and protecting the natural and cultural resources, which are uh, certainly a focus as we've done the uh, as we've done the outreach and found that as an emerging piece. Okay, uh, I'll hand it over to, uh, to Christy and staff to sort of kick us off and, and join in with some of the discussion as we get into each one of our topics. But are there any questions on the process? Okay. 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 So um, we thought it
4: would be best to organize this document into the priority areas, which in effect could be um, the organization of the plan. Um, And so we set up this presentation to highlight uh, a couple of bullets, Um, not intending to go over every bullet uh, word for word, unless you have questions uh, from reading the document that you wanna bring up. So if you follow along on your hard copy, um, we're gonna go in order there. And under Conservation, Recreation and Tourism, know the highlights of that is protection of wildlife sensitive areas have come you know through um very largely and loudly you know throughout the community and through our outreach um also to acknowledge that we need to evaluate our recreational activities Uh, what comes to mind is our rec facility permits it seems to be the catch-all category for everything and we fully acknowledge that it needs work um, and so that is something that if we get buy in from all of you and what you see here, that next step of you know, evaluating definitions and um, and strategies will come next that will happen during updating our regulations, you know where we're going to, you know, be making these notes, hearing what you have to say, but that's not the time now to get weed into you know, that kind of discussion, but um, when you read to this document, those sub-bullets are basically examples that we're giving you as things that we all have acknowledged as staff that need work in the plan. But, conceptually, we want to evaluate recreational activities. We also want to improve partnerships with our land managers. As you know, there's, you know, so much public land out in the county, and, um, you know, it, I would say that we have a good relationship with our uh, public land managers, but it could be better. And you know that was one of the basis of the route, recreation and conservation roundtable getting together to try to have everybody talking to each other, Um, and through um, discussions with that agency um, and just internally um, with staff, we feel it would be a great idea to create a county recreation map to help identify areas that should be avoided when considering recreational development and permits. Um, This is an effort that the Route Recreation Roundtable is working on, um, but at a bigger scale. And we could use some of their information, but in return, our plan is going to be adopted before they get to that point. So in effect, we are helping them if we create this map. So essentially, we're thinking that this recreation and tourism chapter would have its own map And we would be identifying areas that are appropriate and probably where we already have land use permits in place. So you're also considering cumulative impacts of how what kinds of uh, land use permits we have in place. And that is the thought and the idea Um, moving forward. It would be similar to um, the land use story map that we created. And that would be a living um, document. That staff, it would be one of our responsibilities. would we'll continue to update um, on those maps, you know, so the public can use it. We staff can use it, and you can make use it as well to make informed decisions. So um, that is one of the thoughts. And this stems from a conversation we'll have about. We've talked about a future land use map. So ultimately. We would have these separate maps in these chapters, and then they would be layered. And towards the end, to have the land story map that has all different layers on top of it as a future land use map. And that is the thought uh, process that we are presenting to you and wanted to get comments on.
1: So as, yeah, just so as we go through this, you are you'd like to see at least nods that we think you go in the right direction yes. or yeah.
4: exactly and if if you're if you I mean, I strongly you're... with something let us know and why you know um but at this point conceptually um if if you think that this chapter the highlights are going in the right direction
1: i think the map is a great idea the recreation map Thank yeah. You're very good.
5: yeah what
4: percentage mm-hmm. of, of the values is probably do it is it yeah. Yeah. It on, the it's on the story map, I want to say it's upwards here, it's well over 60%, I want to say it's 80%, and we do have it on the story map, okay.
1: so I'll respond to that.
4: So through this process, um, you know, we obviously um, have been given this recommendation, not only just from staff and what we've heard from all of our outreach, but we have our technical advisory committee and our focus groups that focused on conservation. We have one on recreation and tourism, and then we've met with the route Recreation Roundtable. So, um, you know, we think that this is a good direction for us to go. And Dave, you have, um, you don't have to pull it up, but, we met with Dave's internally staff um, two weeks ago, and he was showing us examples of similar projects that he worked on uh, down in JP County, uh, where this was really successful, and
5: gives examples of what that looked like, and, um, and we were all pretty impressed and thought, you know, this, this is a big, a big strategy. Yeah, absolutely and and what that what those maps did was they they layered everything on top of each other that they considered important or high value sensitive areas um for wildlife and other things uh and then kind of determine where the recreation hotspots were and where the density of trailheads were and just just another just point um it's it's non-regulatory still it's not a regulation to have this map right it's just a it's just a way uh it's a road map it's a guideline that you can use to make some some recommendations on. So I want to make sure that's clear. Want to go
4: to the next one?
1: Unless anybody had is this in digital format? Like is this, when you say layering it, is it like taking the GIS map and just adding more layers to the GIS map?
4: Yeah, so the thought process would be that there would be a paper version, right? Sure. So there would be like each (coughs) section would have its own like, like a recreation map. And then in the paper version, there would be links that you know would, that you would know that are there, but then this is be a digital version, which will be like right. uh, the better version to be using, it'll be on our website, it'll be more accessible, where yes, it would be like a GIS map.
1: version. It's like on that last one of our last uh, meetings, we you you made a list of recreation permits. Yeah, that would now instead of being it would be represented in in a visual format for communicating. Yeah, I mean, that is one of
4: the thoughts to be able to do that. Um, You know, that is something that we'll have to, that would be the goal. Um, The implementation to have that level of information on there um, is is another question because, you know, we have been discussing with GIS and their department, just overall maintenance of the land use story map so one of the ideas we're having, you know, with staff, is if we made it, you know, an annual thing where we're having, you know, we all meet in a retreat to look over, you know, and update that map and make sure that, you know, if anything has changed that needs to be updated. And then, you know, as far as land use permits, if we we're able to implement that, you know, um, on that map that we're updating them you know, often.
1: So that is the direction we'd like to go in. Cool. 26. Yep. Next one. Six percent.
4: Forty-six. Oh, so
1: there's 72% under conservation So those
4: together.
3: But if you live on the seat house, it's 80%. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh Dave, you want to go to the next slide? Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Oh, great. Go ahead. let right. uh, So open the NFT. Um, so I just mind the great. Like what with the short-term rentals or anything, with an overlay for zoning or anything. There's just an overlay to kind of give planning commission and commissioners kind of more information of what's happening at that location, correct?
4: I, I believe you're very broken up, but I believe you are Suggesting that what we're trying to do is to layer information for you to make informed decisions along those lines. I think he's asking if it would be like an overlay district zoning, like for short term rentals, like what the city's doing. And I don't think that that's the intent to have it be an overlay district. It would be more of just information about where certain activities are concentrated around the county. If we're seeing all our rec facilities in the same three areas you would
1: have like balloons or something like that. yeah so, like
4: a pinpoint show you know a pin showing right. where the permits are located but I don't I think what Greg's asking is would it be like an overlay district so to that point um speaking about just the recreation map um that in effect could be overlay areas that we identify when we are weeding out areas, sensitive areas of wildlife corridors, so we may have, it may end up being essentially an overlay area over, say, buff pass, saying that that this is an appropriate area for recreation or a place up north. So, in effect, it could end up being an overlay um, for specific areas in the county. Um, we haven't done that analysis yet. We have-
1: um, Don't you have to be careful that. about that? What's that? Don't you have to be very careful about that? Why? Uh, it becomes considered as actually a, a zoning map for lack of a better term. Well,
4: in effect, it would be. It's going it to be on a future land use map for the
1: county. So, but even if future land use map isn't carved in stone, as a, at least my understanding is, just because we think that's what we'd like to see there doesn't make it necessary so. Right, does
5: it right, right, that, that is true, Dave did you? Yeah, yeah, any, any of these maps are basically, if you're reviewing something that's happening within district on the master plan map, you're basically just reviewing it for conformance with the spirit and intent of the plan, right? right. Does does this actually meet what we're trying to do? Yeah, it's different. Yeah. completely different. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and the plan itself, in a master plan, doesn't have any regulatory it. No, correct. No.
4: That is true. Yep.
1: Yes. I think you just need to put those disclaimers on there, like they have on the GIS, that hmm. a member of the public checking into this document has to, even though they don't read it and they go that, they hit accept, mm-hmm. it's up there. What they're saying is up there that this is not to be relied upon as a zoning map. Yes. Put that disclaimer right in there. I got an issue. Yeah. I'm all by himself, yeah. I understand that, but <laughs> so you, you, you're supposed to say, Did you read all the
6: yeah. and I, I think we should be clear that an overlay zone that's the the next level of that's a legal see. term to me, right? right. That, that's, a, that's a regulation, that's yeah, really right. A regulation, so again, we're here talking about 30,000 foot views, the, right. the, yep. the the. the the opinions and how we want to see the county developed. And then we'll take that information and we'll have these deeper dives into do we actually want to make it an overlay so or do we want to, however, we want to implement those ideas? That's the next level.
4: We're not there yet. I agree. And we discussed, you know, um, Dave and I have discussed that we think, you know, one of the next steps. Um, because the next step from here is we're going to be starting to draft the plan once we get your direction, right? So we're going to be behind the scenes drafting the plan based on, you know, your your input and what we're presenting here. Um, but definitely one of the areas we will want to come back uh, for sure is this concept of a future land use map and these maps, like just more in-depth discussion with you um, before we move forward, you know, and present the final draft. So that's going to be one of the steps we will do. But conceptually, uh, this is the the recommendation that we are given to you that we'd like to Uh, So the next would be Preservation of Open Space and Ag Lands. Um, As we discussed, the overarching policies of the plan are not changing. So um, this section will support policies to curb rural sprawl. Um, We want to reevaluate opportunities for ag operators. And that would be evaluating our planning chart, you know, and there are a lot of, we always bring up the wedding venues, right, where it was intended to help supplement, you know, the ranching community, but, you know, what we're seeing is it's not the ranchers coming in anymore, you know, for things like this. And when they go through the uh, a use permit process in there before you, um, they're, they're essentially going through that sniff test if they're meeting, you know, those standards. So those are the standards we want to button up. And you know, reevaluate you know to make sure and uh, confirm that you know what what is not being presented or uh, being evaluated is more of like corporate style wedding venue versus something which wouldn't be appropriate out in the county versus um, what it was initially intended. So that would be an example. Um, obviously, we talked about support climate action and the land use planning and then support our PDR program for conservation easements. This came up a lot, this discussion of um, continuing with our PDR program. Uh, we've heard it through the different municipalities as something that um, has been effective um, for them as well. Um, but we do need to evaluate the program overall if we get up for renewal in January. I think it's two years. Um, but you know, PDR programs is a way that we have discussed um, a way to limit 35 acre development, you know, um, if we are evaluating um, properties appropriately, you know, and if we get uh, land under conservation easements appropriate, you know, that is, that is a tool that has been recommended that could um, curb 35 acre development um, in the future. So, What's that? It's yeah. So, uh, so it is a good strategy. Um, Anybody have
1: any comments about this section? No, it's I thought pretty uh, straightforward. I thought it was a pretty interesting. Support policies and just is there a new process that's available to streamline? I mean, your so, second bullet point. Uh, Are you
4: talking about the LPS? Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Um, <laughs> We we were going back and forth about the LPS system and it used to be way more attractive because it allowed for secondary units on five acres. Uh, That was one of the, one of the biggest carrots, if you will, Uh, but since we have uh, amended our regulations and now anybody can pretty much have a secondary loan unit, if you have water and sewer, or five acres or less. Uh, five so acres or more. more, that more. is, um, you know, that carrot has gone away, but then also we know that, you know, land is really expensive and, you know, it's really not, you know, for affordable housing, but it's better than the 35 acre um, development for sure. So, um, you know, we, we've been thinking internally, like we want to support the LPS
1: system, but also evaluate you know, are there other additional carrots? It's up in the air. Yep. And and streamline
4: that process because that's the part of it. It is expensive to go through any process, especially when you're dealing with a subdivision. So are there incentives
1: that we can think about? Then I had before we leave this one. So what drives the third bullet point from the bottom? Develop review criteria to confirm authenticity of ongoing egg operations.
4: Um, I mean conceptually
1: I mean I guess I get it but I'm just trying to figure out really
4: Yeah yeah so it would be um, like this came through like the extension office and meeting with the Ag Alliance and um, it was kind of that spin test that I was
0: referring okay. to
4: yeah and so really evaluating our standards gotcha. when we're talking about land uses that um, are supposed to be, um, supporting
1: the ranching and that Okay. Well, Who's the last time the county did an LPS? We had minor Lessons come through
4: recently, but no major. I
1: mean home yeah home some of some I, soft, I, I believe
4: so. it was Maribu was the last right. Well, on ranch. Yeah. Is
1: yeah. that those are all 15 yeah, years? Year ago. Year. Yeah over 15 years. Ago. Yeah.
4: 50, you know. mm. So yeah. um really all nice. right mobility and transportation. So, um, you know, most of these are pretty obvious, we've been keeping you pretty up to date, but um, highlights are expanding pedestrian and bicycle infrastructure, improving connectivity and safety throughout the county, um, improving and prioritizing the interior roadways, expand and support convenient public transit and alternative modes of transportation, as well as support the RTA Um, And in that process. uh, Right now, the county is in um, coordination with the city and Moffat County um, to create, or they're doing a feasibility study right now uh, on an RTA. Um, so that would be one of the um, policies is to support an RTA.
1: Mechanically, RTA is considered special districts. Is that how they work? Okay. Thank yeah, you. yeah. I thought so. But...
4: And so that's why, you know, they're, they're doing the feasibility study. They've used a lot of our information in that study uh, that we got through the outreach. Um, one, of the, one of the items that they are watching closely is the RTA that um, is potentially happening down front range, um, and it's going from, uh, Dave, do, do you know, is it, um, I think it's going from Colorado Springs all the way up to outside of Boulder, um, like the area, wow. and so that's going to be put out to the people, um, and it's going to be something we're going to want to closely watch, because if that gets shut down, uh, you know, the chances of that. Being supported here. Is Royal
1: Fork a good example? Yes. They're yeah, a really good So I mean, that's Roanfork. the one that you want to
4: pattern so That's a yeah, really good system. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that and and our project manager was part Came of the process. Yeah, right. So, right. Um, so we're in good hands there. Um, they have the, um, obviously, they have their rails to trails, the, the Rio Grande trail there, um, which they were successful in. Uh, a little different situation than we're in here. Because, yeah, that you know, the, the, those rails didn't they weren't servicing anything. Uh, they were just sitting there. Right. So it'll be good, you know, to see what happens um, as we move forward in this process. We'll keep you apprised of what happens with the feasibility study also.
1: Christy, on the on the transportation, particularly talking about RGH, is it either necessary or appropriate or strict marriage? To making some specific reference of the need to coordinate with the colleagues? Um, that is. I
4: mean, it's, it's kind of in,
1: in there it's, inherent. Yeah. So I'm just it, wondering it, it needs to the, be underscored so that you can point to it and say, hey, Steamboat City. Hey, yeah, no, that's a good rate, point. Because um, we have
4: improved like connectivity and safety. Right. Um, but we should be probably more specific and add a bullet. Rather than a sub-bullet that right. you know supports um, uh, coordination with municipalities right.
1: or connectivity, something like that. So, um, thank you for that. Other than supportive language, how does a master plan impact some of these what seem like more goals? or a wish list and desire of things that people would like to see, like on a capital improvement plan versus what the master plan is actually doing.
4: So the master plan isn't gonna create the RTA, right? We're not gonna be building the portrail. but these policies,
1: right, are gonna support the decision-makers that if want they're to in do the that. Master plan, Yeah, so this will help
4: leverage the actual implementation of some of these things.
1: As opposed to say, I don't want transportation district. Like I said, yeah, yeah, master plan. I mean, if you really say that, that somebody it. wants to come in and do it, uh-uh. Yeah, point to say, no, no, the community doesn't want an
4: RTA. Yeah, right. it's, it's just that, the that, inclusion not,
1: of the language, really, yeah, that. that in the states that, that people advocate it's like it's
6: and yeah.
1: there's especially yeah. grant proposals, yeah. right. but there's no there's is no you know grant, grant proposals of,
6: including okay. them in a Huge. request for a grant shows that this is what the community wants and this is what the community is behind. So there's a
1: greater chance of being able to get that. Grant. Is there a mobility and transportation map then that is going to show corridors of connections, opportunities for? advancing this, is
4: that right. part
1: of so the process? so we have on the land use story
4: map, um, but we would want to update that. And yes, there would be a map showing future connections and for um, our transportation board orders.
2: So yes, there, there okay. would be a map. Um, Andy, um, could, I also, could I also offer that, um, You know, if if a lot of these things are in the master plan, it provides sort of political cover for the BCC or whoever the decision makers are to get those things onto the CIP, because it provides backup that says this is what our community wants, that then allows them to make those decisions with a little more confidence.
4: Sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the a good example, and this recently came up, but, uh, you know, we're talking about Mike Morty, the uh, public works director. Um, you know, he continues to get denied grants, um, and, and now, using some of this information, he can incorporate into his grant requests, you know, makes a much stronger argument.
5: Sure. and um,
4: most recently our grant coordinator here reached out to me and she was working on a project for the fairgrounds and she asked if i had the you know information from the outreach to support this project that they were trying to do at the fairgrounds and uh she was ecstatic of the information she's like you have no idea how valuable this information or just going through this process actually is um to add to some of these grant applications to get things done so. Well,
1: no, and to Sarah's point, it is, it's the, it's what we hang our hat on as not our personal opinions on the matter, but it's stuff that's directly, that, that's how we're making our decisions instead
6: of putting our own personal influence on it. It was more of a structural question of, so it's really,
1: it truly is supportive language with possibly some type of updated map to back it up. Yeah. Okay.
4: So like if we get an application. Out in the middle of the county, right? And we are giving you our staff report and pulling out all the policies as we would right now, but in the future, nothing's changing in the sense of, hey, we're trying to reduce urban sh- uh, sprawl, uh, rural sprawl that would be, and uh, growth and development is directed to the growth centers. That's basis for you to recommend denying mm-hmm. yeah. it. Mm-hmm versus if we heard loud and clear from the community and it said something different, it would support an application like that, right? Cool. All right, Dave. So then next we have uh, growth and development. Um, so um, the two big items for discussion under this topic, we pulled out of this section. And one is um, what we are hearing is a, tr- a strong support to not allow water to be hauled for new subdivisions and development.
5: And, um, and I'll
4: stop there before we get to the future land use map and some of the context to this is, as I'm sure you all know, that there are people out in the county that don't have water and they haul water. Or they build a house knowing that they can't hit water and they intend to haul water. And so um, one of the um, areas of the Climate Action Plan and support sustainability, and protects our water resources and our roads uh, from water trucks coming in and out is this recommendation that if we're reviewing new subdivisions, um, that we should not be approving new subdivisions if they can't, get water, if they can't provide water site to service the new subdivision Mm -hmm. Um, so we we definitely uh, there's a lot of implications that come along with this um i think you know to be clear staff recognizes there's a lot of non-conforming subdivisions out there um that already you know haul water that's not what this is about this is moving forward if this plan gets adopted um you know, this would be a strategy that we would implement for new subdivision review, not for lot consolidations or anything like that, like a, um, you know, whether it was an LPS or um, whatever kind of subdivision. Um, you know, the Brown Ranch, you know, in effect, um, or West Steamboat, if a subdivision came in West Steamboat and they couldn't, for whatever reason, provide water
1: you know, should that so be approved. Go ahead, Brian. Just not as anybody knows anything about this, but I've, I've hauled water for a few years in a couple different locations. Sometimes it takes you a while to get into your water source. Like you might have it when you start the project, but you you just haven't put all the water permits or the water rights together or the pipeline to get to the spring or whatever you're doing. And so it's not a real simple matter. And you referred to the five acre subdivisions, which I was part of one that I helped develop and work on some of them. But, and I don't know where we are with it right now, but at one point you could go in and just show proof of water. Well, that proof of water didn't have to be a sustained source of water for four or five acre lots and perpetuate, you know, that type of thing. It's just proof of some kind of water. Well, a gallon a minute isn't going to support. Four or five lots, four or five right. five acre lots, right? On the other hand, we're in right now. We have got an aquifer down there that has tremendous water pressure, and our neighbor also does. And it's more a matter of working on purification and working on upgrading water lines. So it's a, it's a little it's a little complicated at times. Yet yeah we do have we do have abundant water. We have very abundant water. And we you know
4: you know we'll talk about up north. Right? yeah, and it's clear that you know, Steve, you might be able to drill and hit water 50 feet
1: down, and me as your neighbor, it I may take a thousand feet to get down to the water. well. Well, you know, and I can tell you, before I bought that property, I went to the three well drillers in town and said, Okay, what's the deal? And they all looked at me, said, they all had the same answer. Good news is, Steve, you're on the east side of 129, you will get water. See, they didn't tell me that. Keep well, they did. <laughs> <laughs> So that I already gave me some encouragement, but they went on to explain if you're on the west side, you've got a problem, and it's a big problem. They tried to explain to me that there's a geological fault that goes to 129, and that's what's driving this. So, but, but back to you, and I guess, well, I'll finish this story because it's kind of interesting. So, when it came time to drill before I built, now we were building three wells, two of them dry. The third one, I ended up fracking. And the fracking went from, you know, the Allen a minute to six. But the whole point of this conversation is, you know, it's not a pleasant experience. And yeah, I think it has some value to put restrictions out. The only thing that I got a problem with, I think, is there a better way of precluding people from building without water? In other words, as opposed to just coming up with a band that says you can't all water anymore. Well, that's the thing that I'm kind think of thinking that maybe it's a better way to I, I you've see. hit on it. You said proof of water. Well, maybe expand on the proof of water. And, yeah. That and means and that you drill the wall first.
4: That we are well aware that if conceptually we like the idea assuming, right? I think we definitely need to talk Implementation, you know, strategies and put on that. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bigger
6: discussion. So, but just to be clear, the five-acre consolidation Steamboat Lake would not be affected by this because that is already a platted approved subdivision deemed a buildable lot, except for the water and sewer thing, of course. But it's not creation of new lots. So this we're only talking about applying this to the creation of new residential lots, not the consolidation of existing. We don't have any say or 35 acres. Um, so it, it's it's just new subdivisions, not exist not existing lots
1: that applied And this is additional guidelines so that we have abilities to analyze, review. Subdivisions of larger, larger I, parcels. It, really so it's the larger anything parcel. that would focus, anything that would force a potential buyer to do the due diligence in advance, because I've seen that happen. Guy builds on a five acre lot up north, and then oh shit, I can't get water. Re- well, well, where was your head when you? Yeah. Never mind. the division of waters <laughs> over appropriation of the entire basin, of the entire Yampa basin, will give some additional teeth along these same lines. Because anything less than 35 is a in terms of getting a. Is that true yeah. of five-acre stuff? It is. Yeah. It's, that's why Moffitt County okay. fought the overappropriation designation because if yeah. you look at Moffat County, they have a lot of existing five-acre subdivisions.
2: But but there it's is. Genuine- <laughs> Excuse me. The um, you know the overappropriation will prevent somebody from putting up. Um, an SDU that's on a well, if they only have a well for a single domestic, single family home, but this regulation could also be used to apply to uh, secondary dwelling units. If you've got a well that is in an overappropriated district that only applies to one unit, you could say, well, I'm gonna build my SDU and haul water to it. And, and yeah. people do that and that would, and, you know, and that's essentially the same thing as hauling water to any other thing. So personally, I would say that it ought to also apply to SDU's, not just to the creation of new lots. The difficulty with that is the Division of Water
4: Resources does not review building permits, right. and we do not review them on behalf of the Division of Water Resources. We notify them, but after that, we don't have, so, but you uh, do have follow
2: up. But you do have follow up for any building permit out of an SDU.
4: Oh, we no, we don't, Sarah. No, we
2: don't. You don't? If they were going through a subdivision process, if a new parcel is going through a subdivision That's process, we would have input from the Division of Water Resources at that point
4: through a referral request. But on a building permit application, we don't get follow-up. And we don't know what they do with that information if somebody decides to go through an augmentation
2: plan and right. decide
4: to follow water. But we're also not. We're not enforcing their regulations they the counties decided or they have elected to not be heard review process and there's only so much we can review for which would be our own regulation
1: but the division is going after there was a big article on Jake Fetcher's oh, on yeah. North Route but are okay. you going after right. dead people in South Route where the cemetery has water right down there that they haven't utilized. And yeah, she spotted it and go, I want that. And they're going, no, you can't have that, even though we haven't used it yet. So they yeah. immediately, the cemetery district immediately took action to protect the that waterway. Yeah. So in the end, it occurs to me that there's a fair amount of discussion left to go on this
4: yeah.
3: concept. I but mean, I think how you're sensing that.
4: Conceptually about the idea for at least um,
3: new subdivisions. I think, yeah, I think we can, the consensus is, yeah. Okay. Could I add something with that? For me, you know, sometimes the size of the subdivision could kind of matter too. When I'm thinking of Milner and uh, the teeny homes where it's really only on two, three property lots of a whole PUD, that would be still a subdivision. And I would weigh that way differently where they're trying to promote a different kind of concept that we don't really necessarily have. And it's in a small scale. To have something more allowable in that than a regular subdivision that you would actually think about.
1: But
4: um, I would also argue
1: that people that haul water like even more conscientious in about their water use. But where does district sit? Where does Aaron sit
4: on this? Um, on on this particular.
1: Yeah. Approach. Uh, I think she would just base it on her regulations, and her regulations say if you get it
6: from an approved source, then it's okay. So in raindrop, you they they're getting it from an approved municipal water source, and so that water can go anywhere. Except for it kind of goes against it. Elements of the climate action plan, yeah, as far so, as efficiency and sustainability. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I was just responding
3: to the question. <coughs> no, what, and that's the what, answer. What does the division think of it? They're going to look at
6: their regulations and say, if we don't, we
4: can't prevent this. Yeah, you're getting your water from a legal source, so you can do which one. Yep. It'd yep. be great to be able to have some um, Some policy that represents like your. It's you know strongly recommended that the water comes from on site, but you know I'm thinking through the review process if they were able to show that they have tried um, well, you know to drill. I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. we should do. Yeah, I mean, but this, that's the kind of discussion that um, we would have. To
1: this water is the big thing here. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and as well, it should be.
4: Good wells fail also. Yeah, they, I mean, we have no control over at a certain point. So we kind of made the well and something happens. And it fails or it becomes contaminated. Or people have water but it's not. Well, On
1: good springs or fail? Good springs are failed. We could be in a drop for years. Yeah. It's really okay. Not,
4: you, you got, got the
1: process. idea.
4: Yep. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Create a future land use map. Five <laughs> guidance.
1: <laughs> Show all the water rights.
4: So, um, so, we were talking about this before. Um, and um, one of the ideas, apart from recreational life activities, is to, at a minimum, have a future land use map for our two designated target areas. Um, so that we, um, for West Steamboat and for Stagecoach, we already have a future land use map for Stagecoach. Um, so this would support that we would update it, um, and that would be brought to you to um, evaluate. We would do the same for West Steamboat. Um, the other thought is um, we've been talking about within three mile plan of Hayden, and having that area around the airport be designated um, for future land uses to support uh, renewable energy sources. Um, composting, um, waste reduction type operation. So that is the thought process as to um, what this bullet um, supports. Okay. All right, all right. No problem.
1: No, you kind of go there anyway. (laughs)
4: Uh, Okay, so the next slide, um, housing. Um, So, this chart here, we wanted to go to the discussion of short-term rentals. Um, you know, this has been a discussion for a long time, uh, and that is whether to maintain our existing um, policy um, and regulations to not allow short-term rentals in the county and to enforce our regulations. As you can see, there was 71%. <clears throat> through the technical advisory committee, as well as 60% through our community open houses when we had this discussion. Um, And we want to directly ask you your thought on this question as well. What's what's the reasoning behind the the prohibition? The prohibition? Um, So the master plan uh, explicitly um, does not support short-term rentals. Uh, they considered them commercial and because um, we direct uh, development and growth and commercial activity to our growth centers, uh, it has been deemed inappropriate to be out in the county. Um, obviously, this has come up over the past several years. Um, you know, every so often uh, we've had county commissioners that wanted to pursue short-term rentals. Planning Commission, you know, um, definitely um, did not agree and pointed to the master plan to say they're not allowed. Um, I would say we have not been having the community knock down the door at all wanting short terminals. We know that there are some out there.
1: I think it says the reverse. (laughs) What's that? I think it says the reverse. They don't want it. They don't want it.
4: Yeah. 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 Right. With that, Separate.
1: The reverse of knocking down your door. To oh, Adam. oh. Oh. yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, so when we've had this discussion this in memory. the past, um, you know, um, pretty much have held um, held the line at um, not allowing short-term rentals, but this has come up again. Um, times have changed, and so this is a question. We specifically wanted to ask the community on their inputs um, and, and their responses. I know the commissioners are very interested in this. Um, I'm sure you're aware um, the commission has been pretty vocal about um, not allowing short-term rentals. Um, and I think they're looking for the backup to support um, their, their direction.
1: When your I'm motels concerned. are being converted to workforce housing, to accommodate hotel guests staying in private residences, your system is upside down. And you can't say that, you you can't address housing without addressing short-term rentals. And so I think this has been a heavy topic discussed over the last several years. I mean, we've had numerous meetings about this. We have. And I think it's the information points that we're still
6: going at least, the majority thinks we're going in the right direction. In the county. In the, in, in the county, always in the county
1: you know, because people get really confused. Clear, absolutely,
4: you know, short term rentals <laughs> are allowed in the county in undercover county, but only in the commercial zone districts. Oh, yeah. there's yeah. very far few and in
1: between, yeah, or, or with the bed and breakfast, or with the bed or and, bed and bed breakfast. breakfast, which we did one of which, or, yeah, which yeah, requires, yeah, we was an
4: escape. No, that was the right, thing. which requires in house um, like, on you know, site so maintenance yeah. or just writing policy for a person.
1: We used to do way more bed and breakfast ten years ago. Yeah, that that used to be kind of that was the we short
4: only term have two permits on the books right now. Before yeah. bed and breakfast,
1: yeah, it, it kind of disappeared. Yeah, with this being kind of the new yeah. the new thing that came around. The, the other cautionary one on this too: the city's obviously reviewing this, but so right. uh, right. uh, but if they really cut back on their short term rentals, if we don't say no. That door is going to open yeah. so much, you're not going to be able to shut it. It will just. I, I don't, don't. Yeah, I mean, I well, don't it's think. already here. Yeah, I mean, even though we say we don't want it, the community agrees. There's some of it. It's already a prolific yeah. problem within the county. But that's an enforcement issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah issue. On the other side. Yeah.
4: yeah, and that's something that um, we're working on. Right. But um, I will just say that the county situation which short rentals—yes, we know they're out there. They're not as bad as as they once were. Um, so um, if you look on any of the, the sites, um, you know, there aren't as many out there. The, obviously the majority of them are in um, CMO um, and
1: in the municipalities. All right. So I think you, think you already think? got your answer. All right,
4: all right. Um, and then um, the, the first highlight there is um go oh, back for one second. Um, this is something that has been, we've been hearing, and that is to increase the size of our secondary dwelling units. Our minimum, our maximum size is 800 square feet at the moment. A couple of years ago, you all, most of you, a lot of you actually um, weighed in your input on the request to consider um, increasing that size. And both Planning Commission and the Board of County Commissioners at that time um, held strong on that 800 square feet. Um, we had heard very strongly from our technical advisory committee that we should consider increasing that size to 1200 square feet. The basis, or rationale behind that is, um, Jason Peasley from the housing authority, uh, was the one that came out with that number and said that is the number that they use the housing authority for um for a two bedroom and you know to maintain affordability um uh Todd Carr um our building um, official supported that number as well as some other people the attacked at the staff level um I don't know if we all agree on what the number should be um but um I don't know about twelve hundred, but definitely, you know, maybe a thousand. Um, you could probably still get a two-bedroom and still maintain it to be affordable and what it was intended to be for. Um, and wanted your input on that.
1: To support that, you'd have to compile the data on how many secondary dwelling units are being used for, say, local, put in quotes, local housing needs, versus Desire to have a second home, have a bigger guest house. Like if 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 the if people are coming to you saying they want it, if you know who's saying they want it, I, I don't know that that the secondary units play as big a part in the housing of actual people who live here as we would hope that it might. And I think in the past. A lot of secondary units were rented out to local people who worked. I, I knew several people. I actually lived at one when I first moved here. I just think that's changed a little bit. So you'd have to be able to, to for me to, to support increasing the size, I'd have to know that people are renting that out to working class people here. And that seems like a lot of data to gather. <laughs> compared to all the other data that you're gathering. I don't know if there's an efficient way to do that.
6: I would imagine, I I read an article in the Summit Daily News last week in the town of Frisco, just approved waiving tap fees for SDUs as long as they are used to house locals. And there's some kind of deep restriction that they enter into an agreement, it puts a deep restriction on and then I don't know how it's administered, but uh, it sounds it's something similar to, to the issue that you're bringing up. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it can be done. It's just how much resources
4: can you put towards it? I agree with that. I don't think it's impossible during the review process for something like for that larger unit to require some higher version of.
1: In, in a municipality, I think it's a lot easier to accomplish that. In the county, I think it's somewhat unrealistic. Like Any of the secondary dwelling units that I have ever a, lived in or visited friends in, it was usually like the, the caretaker unit. They actually lived on the ranch and worked part-time on the ranch to pay for their housing, along with the three other jobs to stay in the valley. And so I, I just don't know if that's happening as much anymore. But you can do an SDU on, a, on the MREs, right? Yes. But you can't get the water for it.
4: You can't what?
1: the water for it. Yeah, that's that's.
4: Be, it depends on where it's located. If it's not over-appropriated, um, so. Or you may be able to enter it an augmentation plan. Say what? An augmentation plan. So essentially, first, thing additional water. Steamboat 2. You can get a Steamboat 2. Money can get around. Our, all those aeros- Well, I'm just going
1: about- to the upper rope, I'm just thinking again up north. Yeah, sort of mm-hmm. same thing in stagecoach. So I think it's a legitimate question for us to use coming in the like way we were talking about that subdivision deal. Talk about water. Why <coughs> you were talking about the homeowner that put the house up and then went where's my water? Why would you permit additional usage of the land without proof that you've got enough to do this to do that secondary unit? Here, here. And, well, why exasperate the problem? <laughs> Well, so, yeah. but but we're but to get back on topic, the question really is, do the commissioners have a concern? No. Would they support additional square, increasing the square footage, I guess is really the question. Yeah. And, and, and maybe not, we don't, you're not looking for an absolute number right now. You're just looking for concept in terms of, would we consider increasing yes. the 800 feet to something? But the additional size can come with additional water usage. Yeah. Sense Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's yeah. I, that point is valid. Yeah. And so that's what my opinion of it's tied to is you know, you might have another bedroom in there and if you need that much more, one little more landscape and whatever. You're gonna yeah. I think,
4: you know, some of the comments were, um, I'll say, steambo centric in mind, right? And, sure. and so thinking about an 800 square foot unit can help out a family or family forum, we're looking for affordable options for families. And I think that was the thought process where it's more reasonable for trying to support affordable housing initiatives, um, workforce housing, what have you. Um, this may be a direction we should consider in, in increasing it to, recommendation um, recommendations, 1,200 square feet. Um, but I, I would think that a lot of those folks, um, I think the intent is good, but I guess um, you know a lot of that is folks around steamboat, um, where they have water and sewer. Right,
6: right. My house
1: is a, my house is a thousand square feet. So to me, the potential of putting another thousand square feet on a piece of property that already has six thousand square feet, yeah. the density seems to be getting a little excessive. I, I don't know that I would support increasing it unless the data that you collect warrants the needing to do so. Yeah. And then one other
4: thing to consider
6: is that the master plan focuses that residential development on the growth centers. Yep. And then all of a sudden, if you're allowing a 12 an extra 1,200 foot dwelling unit to be located on a parcel out in the county, then that is antithesis to that focusing record residential development on the growth centers. Because then all of a sudden you are making it easier for people to reside out in the county yeah. rather than in the city. <laughs> and,
4: and, it, and it could be, it could be something that um, again, if you wanted to consider this uh, concept, that it was applicable to the target areas in the county. So even the municipalities, hey, do what you want, that's great. Um, But a West Steamboat and Stagecoach and North Stagecoach, it may be appropriate where both those areas, in effect, have water and sewer and just within the vicinity of the birth center.
1: Perhaps you should write the word reticent. What is that? Reticent.
3: (laughs) You got that, Sarah. Could I uh, add in a couple things too okay. by adding it and kind of like what Jason Peasley was saying, I know the people that I've ever uh, known that have, you know, basically what Andrew was saying with the caretaker units, it's always been one or two people. So when we kind of grow to more than that and have a family start moving in there, now you're having two cars instead of one and all those kind of other things that are going to be adding up, you know, a lot more traffic and different things in that regard. And the only other thing that I wanted to say was um, I do like that we have regulations of how close the uh, secondary unit needs to be and that we shouldn't be messing with that or else we'll be getting more and more kind of urban sprawl when we kind of start talking about stuff like that.
1: I think it would be helpful to better illustrate that 800 square feet, those regulations in terms of, Things like laundry rooms can be outside of that finished square feet. A lot wow. of the, a lot of the public don't understand that. Um, yeah. An office can be outside of that square footage also. Mm-hmm. And so maybe some better information for the eight hundred square foot. Right. So essentially,
4: how we calculate.
1: The, how you calculate the actual I, square footage. I
4: will say that. It is very unusual to see a standalone 800-square-foot secondary dwelling unit there almost always incorporated with a larger accessory structure, like are, a barn or a detached garage or a shop. It's really atypical to see one stand alone by itself.
1: And that's exactly why some of that additional information yeah. can be helpful.
4: Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts? All right. Moving on to infrastructure. Um, so overall, um, so seeking new funding sources from state, forest service, grants, um, really just focusing on encouraging, uh, partnering with, and um, trying to or new funding sources. So that's the overall highlight here under infrastructure. And then also, uh, this came through the second bullet, ensure technology projects are coordinated with maintenance and capital projects. So we have discussed this, but we heard this largely through the school districts, um, but then also the community, but it was the number one priority for every school district in the county uh, to support um, uh, Wi Fi and supporting, um, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> fiber going in, um, also to take it a step further, um, to the did once concept. So, if a road bridge what works is going out, or the city is going out to update a road, and while they're they got the road pulled apart,
1: yeah. Think, what's the um, it, in? Kind of it in? Because you know
4: it's already there, we can and then, then you think about it like this, so it's just
1: that. Like, what's that? Oh, sorry, we can always dream.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I know the city has been reluctant to do that, um, but you know, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. It, um, it makes sense, it. that is yes, correct. It does well, make the, sense. The <laughs> values, the media, that's that's <laughs> how we make <laughs> <do> things. <laughs> So um, any comments on
0: structure?
4: <laughs> All right, going on to historic and cultural resources. So um, we when we went into this update process, one of the items we did include in the RFP is to have a historic chapter uh, specifically um, in the, the master plan. And um, what you see here up in the bullets are initiatives that um, we have heard through TAP through the um, Agricultural Resource Focus Group and specifically Historic Rock County. Um, and some of these initiatives um, are being proposed uh, to see if there is buy-in um, and if it makes sense uh, for some of these things However, uh, consider initiatives from Sorg Rock County to support zoning and building criteria for what is subject to review um, and or incentivize and support adaptive reuse of historic structures. Um, and I one. Uh, yeah, one, one of the implementation strategies is when we're talking about uh, this this kind of tied into. The notion of uh, if we were to consider um, a higher square footage for secondary dwelling units, if it were applicable to a historic structure, that we would um, uh, consider um, a higher size, like an incentive for somebody to have a secondary dwelling unit and also serve historic structure on the property. Um, so i've got a comment also, similar to the one on transportation yeah
1: i I'd suggest that that uh, this, this topic of zoning and building criteria yeah you know, be coordinated with the municipalities so yourself some I, was, I think it'd be beneficial to get some consistency through the county and, and the municipalities. so that you don't get one set of criteria the steamboat another one right two right. miles away just stitch on the west side yeah okay I like that what about also an inherent difference between rural historic structures and city historic I structures? Agree. Yeah. I agree but I think that can that can be addressed just having the court having some right yeah. because there's some criteria that would be you know across the board right Yeah. I mean, in general, I guess I, I'll support, you know, the language as as it's written up there. I think the challenge with this oftentimes is, is that much of the building that occurred in the West was done in such a way that the longevity wasn't necessarily a
6: consideration. And oftentimes,
1: no matter how
6: much you incentivize something,
1: the structure is if, if financially the saving of it becomes the real challenge and you have to have someone who's truly dedicated to the value of that like I think we can acknowledge it that our historic structures and cultural resources
6: are are important i just don't know how how we can actually
1: incentivize it enough to make it so that people can financially afford to do so mm-hmm. well, and and i yeah, know there, there i don't think this is a topic whether we need to
5: the wheel on, because you've got a bunch of communities in
1: the state from Telluride to Sawada to, to Breckenridge to Aspen and down this road. And there's a there's a variety of other programs yeah, you know, just in the municipalities, plan. I think, are far better geared yeah. to, to handling. This. So I mean this job better. So I said, but I think if, if we had some coordination between the county and the municipalities, it would be better. because you don't want anybody tearing them down. Sort
4: of structures in either of those I think one great example that I've heard recently of how we can potentially support the preservation of historic structures is when we've had people uh, approach us wanting to turn a historic structure into a secondary dwelling unit, but right. it doesn't meet the distance requirement between the uh, two buildings. And, uh, so either they, you know, try and get a variance for the location of it,
5: but oftentimes
4: they can't. Criteria. So their option is to instead build an additional structure on the property that houses a secondary dwelling unit, or if we had some sort of language incentivizing or promoting the ability to have an adaptive reuse, existing sure. like historic structure that would, you know, twofold meet some of our goals of reducing that sprawl on those parcels and allowing, um, you know, the preservation of the building. So in the long run, it might cost just as much money to. Yep. Rehabilitate
1: that structure, but we're getting maybe more benefit intrinsically as the by them saving it. Hmm. That's your, those are good thoughts. Intent, that, that's been done in other other communities yeah. in the United States, but there's a lot of to okay. So, there again, you have an answer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm just trying to move it well, along.
4: along. I mean, thank you. For that. <laughs> Um, okay, water. so climate action, sustainability, natural resources. Um, I, I heard we're agreeing to link the climate action plan to coordinate updates over time. Uh, do not allow new development without from water. This obviously falls under this topic as well. So, um, I think we got direction on that. Um, let's see. I don't know if you want to talk about that more, um, but the sub bullets there um, were just there to help the conversation. No water should be obtained on site. I cannot store it. Yes, however, road improvements or hauling of water will kill the developer. Um, only in targeted growth um, areas. Um, I don't know if we have to rehash. I think um, we beat that
1: up pretty good already. Yeah. yeah.
4: Um, so. On your paper version, um, mm-hmm. we do have uh, more. Um, one of the items that we did want to talk about is. Um,
1: that, that maximum size. Oh yeah, of so, so that one, sure. <laughs> We didn't
4: include that one on the slide, um, but that is definitely one that we want to have that discussion on. So. Um, We, it's on the top of page nine, the first bullet, and it says, Decrease energy, water and materials use, set a max size for residential structures. So this has been a recommendation, and this is coming from the um, cap, and of course, our focus groups. We have heard this uh, through our outreach. And a lot of the conversation we're hearing is about like mansions that are out oh. on the South Valley floor, and you how be. do we you know, stop this? And these are just some of the comments that came through um, our community meetings. But then when we spoke with TAC, there were a lot of good recommendations that came from that. And one of the ideas was to implement a special tax or an impact fee for residential buildings over specific square footage. Um, I think the number that was being thrown around was 4,000 square feet, was the number we were basing that on. Um, but, you know, again, uh, that's just a recommendation. And that would help offset increased energy and water use to fund climate change mitigation. Um, okay.
1: What's that? Is it legal? That, 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 again, that's been done elsewhere. Yeah, it, it, it is, it's is being done in sure. a lot of different places. It's like 55 100. Exactly. Really? Yeah. So, Pitkin is, is one of the examples. <laughs> um, so, this would be considered an impact fee? So okay. The only way that you can implement an impact fee is if you do a
6: study to determine what the impact what the impact of, in this situation, these larger structures are, are whatever it is, and then determine what that fee to offset that impact is. So it's not something that we can just implement. It would require hiring a a consultant to do that study and to provide recommendations, and then we would take that
3: implement
4: regulations.
1: Again, this is at the regulation stage.
4: Yeah. 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 Ultimately, the discussion became blunts, blunt, I'll say, you know, from our from Todd Carr. Um, and it was a really good conversation that we all had. And he was like, you know, the way I've seen it in the past, why are we allowing people to buy their way out of of building,
6: you know, um, a structure um, and that is over, over a certain, like, sure.
4: over a certain right. yeah. And really what does what, what is that doing? It's defeating the purpose if we're trying to reduce um, Increase energy um, and, and use. So um, then the conversation came like there should just be a max, like built into your regulations that um, you know we have a max maximum size here, which is not uncommon. Typically, you see that municipalities and you have floor ratio, right. or a lot of occupancy. We are dealing with you know larger parcels, as you know. Um, so that is not a uh, good way to go about. Um, but you could
1: set a max. Why? Well, it's, it's definitely worth it. considering it's a concept. The question questions. Chair, the number that was just pointed out. How
4: many constraints? There's a max. That's a max. It's yeah. Quite yeah. Exactly.
1: So I'm all for this because I helped lay out the second largest structure in the county of 23 thousand square feet and i want to make sure i have that space on there but it, it strikes me that the four thousand square feet that four to six thousand those aren't unreasonable numbers no, for, a for a max they're, 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 they're not numbers and i said are, i've seen them at five fifty five yeah and, and that's a couple. of I talked to about uh, builder in Aspen two days ago. Eighteen hundred a square foot. Right. It's going to start doing itself too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. Even yeah. though you have a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. That, that yeah. Starts, that's, yeah. Oh, I guess I wasn't aware that, that they did that. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 How long ago did they start that? Well, had it was years. Yeah. But so how did Starwood get them and all that like, get around that? Uh, well, it was after Starwood. Oh. Okay. But Starwood was like. 35 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well so this is thinking, thinking about it. Current restrictions have been around for at least 15 years. Okay. Interesting. Um, so, so do you want us to name a number or you guys are working through the number? Well they work and, uh, I think they're again it's a concept. Kind of it's a yeah. concept, yeah. Is there
4: yeah. an appetite for something like that?
3: Yeah. There's worth
1: talking about it. I sometimes this stuff makes me nervous where it Kind of goes into trying to influence the free market and getting into what people can do on their land. That's what zoning
6: is,
4: though.
1: It, it is, is. I exactly mean, <laughs> what zoning I mean, so is. I understand that. I understand that. That's
6: what
1: we do. But, like,
6: but uh, I understand where you're coming from.
1: Like, when does it go too? When does it go too far? Yeah, yeah. is that is that question? I guess guess if
6: you're reviewing things in a more timely
1: fashion, like every five years, similar to the the short-term rentals, the temperature of the community will help give you input into where that's going. So I think it's worth having a discussion. You know, like from a personal standpoint, my clients are all the people who are building Big houses, but they'll do more landscaping. Yeah, they'll have big.
0: Like, well, and, have but see, land I land think
1: land. there's a big movement that's that's transitioning because not just because of the expense factor, but water is just becoming right. more and more of an issue. And so, you know, Steamboat Springs is actually reviewing their landscaping requirements because for the last five years, Overlook Park is a project I worked on, and you know, it's the amount of vegetation that's
6: required up there. It's kind of crazy when you think about what's going on in our current climate. So municipalities are
1: looking at ways of reducing those those uses as well. And here's another way of looking at it too, from a community aspect. If you're trying to keep rural spaces basically rural, how many really large structures do you want out there? You know, and just from everything else, the water, but all of it, you know that maybe the people that come here come here because they want to be here, as opposed to they have the ability to build the biggest mansion bigger than yeah. Alaska, and they might not care about it anymore as long as they're here. But that that rolls that there's a rollback on that too. That rolls back, for example, the, the sort of preservation, yeah, and the character of the of the gap. Right. All people didn't build 12,000 square foot mansion. Oh. So to you know, the character community, it's reasonable have some right. Um,
4: You know, along that same concept is, and it's not specifically written here, but I would imagine we want to evaluate. You know, if we're gonna,
1: if we do this,
4: and um, I'm hearing direction that we, you know, should consider
1: this, it also would apply to sector structures. Where
4: you know we would have to because um, we're going to limit the primary and then the the accessory structures, you know, in effect can't be larger. Uh, There are some um, we recognize that you know there's very large force arenas, you know, and that's something that we'll have to evaluate and maybe there's a variance process for um, if you truly are, you know. like a running arena, but some of the ones that we recently have seen, you know, uh, they're huge. Like a 15,000 square foot. Yeah. For I that, actually, one that, that one, just came through too. So this is something where we're like. There are structures that, be that are very large, um, you know, 35 acre that are very, very large. And then, and then to piggyback on that is. Um, some of the, what we're seeing is um, there's support to revise the building code to limit, you know, energy inefficient appliances or... Uh, is that
2: in there already, though? I think
4: if you're... The county didn't adopt it No, yeah, we have not. But, you know, through this process, this would help uh, help support the county adopting that into the building code for, like, green initiatives
1: like that. I thought that if you pull a building permit today, not a care for the county or city, you're going to go through an inventory. What do they call that? Yeah. Control. And the answer to that is yes. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, and, but this wasn't required. Oh, well, yeah. Well, well, I think it is. Yeah, No, it is. It, 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 I had to show that. I had my mechanical guy yeah. do that. I thought so. Yeah, and then you also have to do all the blue foam underneath your slab right. and the foam up around your insula. It's all part of UBC then. the laser go. Yeah. This, this one's specifically for inefficient
4: appliances yeah. or, or
6: amenities like snow well systems, outdoor. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I see that now. Fire yeah. kits, yeah. Uh, swimming pools. Right. That, that kind of stuff more so than the heat loss, the, the, the heat loss of heat in the actual structure. Right. Because yeah. that heat loss calculation is determining how well you're sealed, how well the insulation is, how good the windows are, and, and that kind of stuff. Whereas this is more specific to those snowmelt systems and
1: outdoor fireplaces mm-hmm. and things like that. Well, I have a lot of issues with the concept of a max um I, to me i see it as a taking of a private property right um i think 45500 square feet are too too small um 7500 maybe something like that again in addition i think uh the looking at some of the secondary use structures is is important to this cuz that's where you do see a lot of sprawl on sites but I, I'll go on the record, say 4,000 square feet is too, too, too small. And, and right again, I know some of the other jurisdictions that do that. They do have some ability to buy up, Right. but then there is a cap Right. So it's like it's yeah. 5,500 then you can buy 1,500 right. through purchasing a TDR or something like that you can buy another 1,500. But then when you get to 10,000, that's it. I don't care. I would be more inclined to some sort of tiered program like yeah. that. Maybe if it were my Maybe, wife, she'd just say it's easy. Just limit the number of bathrooms. In, in addition, <laughs> well, That's and in addition, I think you need more community input specific on this on and what's been done on this master plan. I think it needs to be very targeted towards this particular issue to get real community buy-in. Yeah, because you've got a whole series of unbuilt lots of marijuana for instance that, yeah, uh, just, and uh, right. you, yeah, and I'd run by the county. Right? Right. Because
4: but what, to your point, Ren, um, you would consider some sort of mass um, upwards near 7500 what you be is sort of like really focusing on the secondary, um, secondary accessory structure, structure okay. that is limiting those sizes.
1: Limiting those sizes, limiting them proximity to you know right. like the compound, yeah. so the yeah. overall impact.
4: And and in your opinion, that speaks more to the um, the, the overall goals of the master plan and keeping that yeah. uh, world
1: and, um, yeah. and to me, supporting
4: the Western cultural you know, heritage.
1: It falls that. into many different categories. Okay you know, some of the wildlife migratory there issues, um, just limiting that spread on a particular property. And I agree with Jim, I like a tiered <laughs> approach. So- do you, 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 you tie make tier it... to the size of the property. Right. If it's a bigger property, do you allow some extra square footage there too? So yeah. you, this issue definitely needs a lot it's more good. vetting aside from this process you, right. you'll hear from the building trades almost right away right. Right. I mean, but it sounds like and there's, property there's general
6: consensus to explore yes this type this yes types yes. of yes. limits yes and i think that's probably yeah language that would end up in the master plan and then we can have these more in-depth
1: conversations we're yeah. actually looking yes. right. for yeah. one quick question <laughs> then we should move on I don't recall seeing this as an issue coming from the public, or am I, did I just miss that? Um, I heard you say tap. I got that part.
4: Yeah, focus was kind from the community too. It did, um, okay. It did. So uh, more of those comments, um, Dave would probably agree, you know, um, when we went out to the community, it was more or less limiting McMansions type um, comments, oh, okay. but not specifically. Yeah. How to do it. That's right.
5: Yeah, it, no yeah. nobody pointed out this exact policy, perhaps, but it was definitely the limitation was there voiced. Okay, so the next one. Okay, before, um, so next Ryan, one.
4: when you bring up the fact that you have a bigger parcel, so you can build a bigger house. Ren just brought up the fact that we're impacting wildlife because of that. Right. So those bigger parcels are three makers that are being divided with having to be under so we, it's like two different, you guys are fighting engaged each other
1: here. Well, yes and no, because if you have hundreds and hundreds of acres and put a six or 7,000 square foot house on it, that doesn't have as much impact as 10, 35 acres, some, you know, 35 acre lots with 5,000 square foot houses. You're
4: thinking
1: 35 acres is a big No. I I about it, so uh,
4: almost similar to like our large lot of green that we have <clears throat> a larger lot.
0: Have more a, a larger secondary zone, well exactly. As like, yeah. yeah, almost like a large
4: library, like purchasing development, right? uh, really a lot of but, but I think
1: you get you've touched on still another aspect of why this is a complex topic. Yeah, there's so a lot, of, exactly. it, it needs some working and some discussion. some because somebody could really say 35
4: acres is huge. I mean, I know like yeah, really 35 right. acres is a lot of land, so I'm not sure where you were going with what is a Baker. large
1: parcel bigger than 35, I mean, just, I don't consider 35 that large, but we've I got it. I agree with yeah, It's just indicative large. it needs a lot more. That's... Yeah, this, this one needs a little bit. Before we move on, yeah. I, I, is there any language in terms of forest health and fire mitigation and, collaboration with the other agencies you know blm us forest service you know i saw the with the water healthy healthy water you know sufficient water and healthy forest but one yeah. of the biggest impacts that could be under this climate is forest fire and i haven't seen anything i can't say that i spent a lot of time with the new climate plan I a little bit of time with it but yeah. Is there any language about healthy forests and working with our partners? So,
4: so not directly, um, but uh, under the Climate Action section, we have uh, recognized the connection between water resources and forest health, as much of the county's watershed is in forested areas. Um, we also... Um, we, we support partnerships with the, a lot of that has to do with um, uh, public lands. So we have um, policies in here throughout partnering with our land managers um, for that reason, specifically to wildfire. Um,
6: and then, I mean, we referenced the
4: hazard mitigation plan and the wildfire
6: mitigation plan, which are separate plans that the county has adopted. And I think that's where you get really into the nitty gritty of, of that kind of stuff. And again, we're going to, just, once, once this master plan gets adopted and these plans get incorporated by reference, then we'll be able to look towards those plans When we're creating regulations to address those types of issues, so I don't think the master plan is going to go into a whole lot of in depth on it, because we have. those. I
1: I just think some sort of acknowledgement that we we route county push for our public lands to also have forest management in specific for fire mitigation.
4: Yeah. And that's, and that's a good point. And looking at, okay, is this was a chapter, what this would look like is we would put in the um, a summary at the top that would speak to um, those kinds of concepts and, um, and link to these other plans. And then we would have our policies um, that are directly related to the master plan, things that we can implement. Um, but.
5: To your question, yes, that would be how we would integrate it. Into. And, and oh, okay. so, sorry. And lastly, the mapping tools. Um, you know, if you if you designate areas just outside of public lands, just outside the national forest boundaries, um, as you know, using the hazard mitigation plans and other maps as uh, sensitive or or hazardous for fire, you can apply certain. Design guidelines or things to those areas as well um, as you adjust your land use and building codes. Great. Equity and community public health. So um,
4: we encourage land uses that provides essential services. And continue to direct diverse growth and commercial activities to designated growth centers. Uh, there is a public health plan, but also, uh, so we would refer to that plan specifically. But also, there are cons- concepts in our existing master plan that support community health. We have water body setbacks. Uh, you know, we. we Um, in your conditions of approval and in our regulations, we have standards that support um, these concepts also. So that would be um, uh, incorporated into this area. Um, Also, we were talking about uh, infographics and my computer is not cooperating, but I had an example of where this section would have infographics uh, you know, what people probably don't commonly associate to community health, uh, which kind of ties it all together together. Uh, uh, overall support for those sorts of nonsense. Um, Dave, I don't know if you have, probably not really available. Did, did you, did she know did you... Well, anyway, that, you know, Rather than just text in a document, um, which you know we, we see in our existing master plan and older documents, a lot of times in newer type documents and plans, you'll see more graphs and maps and like infographs that can help support um, what we're trying to convey um, in these chapters, so Anyway. So an infographic is similar to like that snake timeline that yep. they originally showed where it's kind of a fun way thing. Um I don't see any questions.
1: Yeah. All right. Good job, good progress. What's that? Good progress. Yeah, we uh we are definitely uh moving so, forward. So before you move to this, um are we to understand that bold, black, underlined in this document. Yep. Are they actually the chapters? Is that how you taking that?
4: Yes. So that is um, the organization and what we envision to be um, chapters and effects um, in the plan. And then this would essentially be the framework where we would then write the narrative under each of these sections to tie it all in to support the bold. Bold would be the policies and yeah, no, sub bullets. Yeah, I'm
1: just curious. Then there's some chapters in the existing plan that I was that were interested in the you know, hazards to development, which is one. Yep. Are they gone?
4: Um, or do I, you even know? Not necessarily. So um, hazards to development um, would be included. Some of those concepts are already included in the. Um, climate action, sustainability and natural resources, but also are addressed in the hazard mitigation plan. Okay. So that, so the next question is when we were talking about integration of these other plans that have recently been adopted, um, we would integrate them, refer to them in these chapters. Um, So if those documents and concepts get outdated,
1: or we update the master plan if we're not updating our plan. I mean that I, I just to me that you know the section on on the unstable soils <laughs> and stuff. I was that was pretty interesting and I to me part of the purpose of the master plan is, is a document that's available to the newcomer who's just kind of nosing around the neighborhood trying to figure out what's going on. And that's pretty important information I think that ought to be presented to that newcomer. So these Sensitive
4: to the
1: fact that yeah we have these things
4: called slides and blah blah blah
1: blah, they just don't they happen here. We have
5: fault lines. Yeah, mm-hmm. no see I would want to see those gone. I guess is where I was coming from. Yeah, you know, I think Go ahead. I think we could we can include those. That's a great example. Those subtopics within the larger uh natural resources chapter, as a as you know what you call the discussion piece, the lead-in piece, saying you know this is important. Uh, and uh, and then link to the to the hazard mitigation plan in that discussion and said this plan inherently adopts the hazard mitigation plan as an implementation piece. But having that discussion, we can we can have a couple a couple items of information within the body of the plan with the reference to that other plan. That's forcing someone to look again
1: further. To, to refer to
4: another plan,
1: you know? yeah. Well, that's not in front of them.
4: Well, I think that,
1: um, you know, I
4: think the, the details of some of those other plans, you know, deserve to stay in those
1: plans. That's kind of where right? I'm Well, um,
4: but but I think there are overarching policies and concepts from those plans we can pull, and and we have. Some of them out that are just these bullets, but um, I think the the hazard um, the hazard that you mentioned that chapter um, stable slopes and that could be under a sub chapter.
1: I don't care where it goes. I just <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, what, I was, what I was trying to avoid is you want to go back to how I started this. I view this document as something that a newcomer who's thinking about the county Right. and once a resource. Yeah, yeah. And in there, they should be aware these things are kind of in-your-face things that they ought to be knowing, as opposed to, well, it's a it's, a, it's touched on and it has mitigation. But if you really want to find out about it, get it over here. Some yeah, of those things and, are, I think are in here point, anyway.
4: Steve, because like putting this document together, um, one of the things I don't. We considered including it in here because the intent of this document is what we heard from the community. We have heard those things from the community, but that doesn't that, mean yeah. that it doesn't deserve to. Mm-hmm. We would yeah. we're updating that plan, so we're going to be taking those concepts and you know, and if appropriate, which we know this is this um, the chapter that you're referring to. Um, I hear it.
1: Okay,
4: good. And I
6: would, I would imagine these plans all being accessed at the same location from the website.
0: So if you're, if you're
6: going to see the master plan, you're going to see all these other plans below it. And more likely than not, someone's going to be looking at a digital copy of this plan. Right. And right there, within that chapter, we can have
1: the link oh. to, to those plans. So, I mean, that part of it, I just don't want to see this gone. on. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I asked the question about the chapters because obviously these chapters are going to be gone. It's a different structure. Yeah, yeah.
4: but no, that's the point. Yep. Put that together, um, and then um, before we Dave just goes into the next wave of engagement, just so keep you informed. Um, the other the other item that we want to discuss with you is our sub area. As you know, there are numerous sub-area plans in the existing master plan. And over the years, some of them uh, have gone away with the South Area, South Valley Floor uh, area plan, uh, which I don't know if I really used, but um, you know, so we need to evaluate our sub-area plans. Um, and you all know that it's been recommended that we do away with the West Steamboat Area Community Plan and have that be combined with the Stingo Springs Area Community Plan. Um, so um, that's eliminating one of the sub-area plans. Um, and we still have state approach. <coughs> we have the Upper Elk River Plan and we have the Sarvis Creek Plan, uh, not counting the municipal plans. Right. So um, the, question would be um, if we maintain upper elk see Springs area Community plan and Sarvis Creek stagecoach or do we stick with just our target areas of growth as sub area plans and upper Elk um, goes away and for Sarvis Creek um, I don't know if anybody has strong feelings about that. Uh, Service Creek essentially is a preservation plan. Uh, one can argue the master plan is a preservation plan in itself already. Uh, I think uh, the folks that lived out in Pleasant Valley feel strongly about that plan. I think it's a valuable plan, but um, that I think Guys, can weigh in? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't use it. <laughs> um, I think this is I mean, there's no developers, they, they are not right now. Exactly. <laughs> I think it was a reaction thinking something was going to in which is why they created yeah, I mean, it wouldn't take much to update that plan. We recently um, revised that plan, um, which was really just updating the language in it. Nothing conceptually in that plan changed. Uh, that is the second discussion we have with you all. Have to the, work with plans.
1: That particular plan encompassed the area, it wasn't the private yes. land. It won't, you won't look at it until Coons mm-hmm. has decided that they're going <laughs> to carve it up into an LPS and then it'll be relied on. Yeah. South Valley area plan. Yep. That was a plan that was heavily relied on. And yeah. The FARD was pit permitting for exactly that existing, you know, the new right. pit. So yeah. again, it's not until there's a threat. Yeah. Okay. Who I developed mean, the well who developed the upper wood upper Um, um who, yeah, who developed it. I mean the county, the the county, county did
4: um, and that came through the, the development of our master plan. Um, and it was created because it was an area of significance of, uh, specifically that plan when you read it, um, it is, that whole plan is really, um, this recreation and tourism. Yeah, right. And yeah, so- and all of I think of
1: Hansby's village though, so too, wasn't it? There's yeah, there, I think. that is true. Um, I-
4: I mean, my, my, opinion would be for the upper L is if we're going to have a recreational map, uh, rather than this, this sub area plan that essentially says the same thing that the master plan will be, because we're going to have to, we do need to have, um, a recreational tourism chapter that's in the contract for our grant. Um, and it's. It's a typical uh, piece, a crucial piece in a master plan uh, that you'll see anyway. Um, and in Sarvis Creek, um, I mean, it, it's a preservation plan, uh, and I don't foresee anything changing in that plan if we did keep it. However, as I said, well, the master plan, in fact, it's a preservation plan.
1: Awesome. i mean my personal opinion i think is a commissioner get rid of those sub area plans because all they do is cause confusion and if somebody doesn't like what the county plan says then they'll look to a sub area plan to see if they can find something that says different and then they'll throw that back into it I, I, I think we got sued because it
4: was development happening up in the park area and we did not have Plan to that area at the time, and so I don't remember how that came about. But oh. before we had to adopt the upper. I don't remember all the details. I know I have a file
1: on that. but it This was, wasn't was it really because of that, or was it a, a, a HOA issue or something that was a suit? Well, yeah, but. This- but that's the reason we have the other plans that You should find that. <laughs> I mean, if the plans could be incorporated into the master plan, I would rather see them in just one place, kind of what you're saying, yeah, right. instead of having other things to go to. Well, did we just go through this where there was a conflict? Yes. Please go. Yeah. Back yes. Back. I kind of like that.
4: <laughs> However, um, I guess the one, the one area, um, where I think there would be value in having a sub-area plan, it doesn't have to be called a sub-area plan either, but it could be a specific section of the master plan that refers to our two target areas of growth, and that would be stagecoach and or... Steambo Springs area the community plan which encompasses the Westingo area. I mean my opinion
6: is you're writing this master plan for the entire county and you've got goals for the entire county as general in general. The goals and the way the community would want to see North Route developed is different than West Route or South Route. So to have one plan that is very general to cover the entire county, I think is putting those areas of the county to service because there are specific elements to those different areas of the county that I think require additional uh, consideration that wouldn't really be appropriate in a countywide. So that's just my opinion. I, I agree that the
4: South Valley Board is in that recreational use like more
0: than Yeah. So
6: I think it's so. a and, different plan And just because of that dichotomy, you're going to have confidence.
1: Right? No no way around it. Yes. He said it well, but I've, I've looked at Steamboat Springs, North Route, and West Route, and they are distinctly different, even though. Never lived in South. I apologize for that, but but I can tell stagecoach. <laughs> well, stagecoach is distinctly. wouldn't let you in. They, hey, they, they let, there, there's it. a cemetery with a water right. You
4: know what Steve was describing? The mastermind kind of being what you know maybe a newcomer would read to learn about the area. That's really strongly how I feel about the stagecoach area. When people call and ask about lots. Stagecoach. Mm-hmm. I always send them the stagecoach period in because it's too much for me to talk to me over the phone in a five-minute
0: conversation. Right.
4: But it's really an enormous amount of important information for anybody who's considering building there. It's so specific. It's the master plan, it's a little harder to do that because it's so much more conceptual because the to stick to that exact area. But the stagecoach plan is invaluable for people who are
0: thinking about
4: and spell for spell for building their buying their, mm-hmm. their whatever. We've already bought, and now we're just realizing all the that be complicated <laughs> That's usually more like the
5: case.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I strongly think that we definitely need a sub-area for Stagecoach uh, for the reasons now uh, you know uh accepted, you know that Yes, we have
6: these concepts. Behind why the stage are different. I,
0: mean, uh, I don't think we need some area for every area. Of the why not? I want a south route area plan now. I <laughs> know oh, West route is the but yeah. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. <laughs> the county, the, the, the master plan speaks to south <laughs> route. That it,
1: it only it speaks to south, route, fine, but, but not any of these other. Yeah, Because yeah. we did away with the South Valley floor. That was like five years ago, maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. The South Valley floor plan, yeah. Or whatever it was called. So uh, I, I, I guess I, you know, just, just whatever direction you guys feel like works the best. Like I mean,
4: I guess it would be in South the, the Elk, Elk River. which is i the Elk River and yeah um, you know and Luther i've had a, service freedom. i have
1: to read the overview again i mean i have it and i have read it
4: well i have I mean, to
1: agree with you. it was to. all about recreation but we exactly. haven't used it since like the Roadhouse.
4: house um, no, we
1: used it just recently
4: the, ranch.
1: the home ranch
4: i said the the wolf was raised a lot here I'm not, I'm not so, so we'll on, you?
1: cool well, we just so, used to see a little more action up there. <laughs> <You> know, like,
4: <laughs> it's quieted down. Up there. Night art, right. something. Right. Um, so, um, what we can do is um, I would propose we maintain what we have right now, see so what that looks like, and you know, if we feel strongly one way or the other as we move forward. Um, you know, Because that's going to be more of like reorganizing. And um, uh, and then we'll, we're going to have to evaluate sub areas.
1: Well, you are are incorporating sub-area plans into the master plan. The debate is all of them, none of them, some of them. Well, you already have two for sure. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Like I said, it's either all in or it it at least links to all the rest of them. makes it easy to track that down. Because what you were saying is sometimes it can be hard to keep on finding. That's the advantage of I see of this document moving into the 21st century is that these links just keep going. They keep it, you, again. they keep yeah. getting, go, directing you in the right way. Right. If you're at the least bit savvy, you'll be able to figure it out. When was the last time the Elk River Plan was actually looked at? Uh, not looked at, I'm sorry. Update. When was it created? And was it ever reviewed? Uh, you guys. I think it was the late 90s.
0: And then an update to the Brecken Tourism chapter was done in 2004. Oh.
1: A little further out of whack with a bastard plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a history. Um,
4: so we we can have a discussion on that and go more depth. And I can uh, all those plants are on our list on the planning page. If you have nothing better to do, before we highlights, uh, so um, we can have a further discussion on that for sure. Um,
1: Oak Creek is. Digging into its comp plan, we're looking at it starting in June. It's outside the five year mark, and so it's, I don't, and so is the
0: answer.
1: I, but I don't force well, it's out, it's been five years, though. really, yeah. So, so that would be but I don't, just an
4: update, and yeah. It. And
1: I don't foresee any major changes coming right. to it, like everyone. It's the same as the mass plan, yeah. it's generally well thought of and
4: as an operational document. Um, So what we have up on the screen there is just next wave of engagement. And again, this is to continuing to keep the community engaged in this process as we're drafting the plan. Um, And just, you know, continue to check in about some of these items. And we're thinking of doing, um, through social media, uh, these like polling on questions. It's just really keeping people engaged in the process. Um, so those are going to be, um, coming forward, um, in the next couple of weeks, right, Dave?
5: Yep, that's right. Later. Later. Later.
4: Um, so it'll, it'll really just continue, um, to support some of what you already saw, um, but we would bring forward to see any, like, major changes with some of these concepts that we talked about tonight, and some of the major discussion points, uh, like the mass square footage, and things like that. So um, we'll continue to bring back that information. Yeah, all right. Good. Um, So obviously, we're still meeting with TAC. So we have one more meeting with TAC, and we're going to uh, based on the information we got from you all um, in this document, we'll get, get some bookends to some of this stuff as recommendations to you all to consider. Um, and then obviously the newsletter continues to come out monthly. Um, and uh, Steve and I continue to meet monthly with um, one of the commissioners, Beth and Jay, uh, the county manager, the executive. Just keeping us all on the same page. So, um, this state meeting is going to be scheduled with the commissioners and we'll uh, inform them of your comments um, with this document that's scheduled on the 14th to Monday. Yes, Yes. Um, at one o'clock. So, if you are interested to uh, sit in on that or hear what they have to say or listen to it later. Um, that's all going to be on the county's um, uh, website and the agenda.
1: But you will be soliciting. Basically, you do the same presentation that the BCC did.
4: Same exact presentation, and we'll give um, more support and input from you on what we heard from this discussion. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and I and I fully really anticipate a lot of uh, alignment actually really from what I heard tonight. So, um, and then we'll report back.
1: Good, good, work. good um, work. Seriously.
4: The next meeting is scheduled for the
1: 17th. And I think so. I think we're we're done with Dave, aren't we? What's that? Are we done with Dave? He's still hanging on. Listen. <laughs> everybody say
4: goodnight to Dave.
5: Thank you. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, you guys. That's very very great information. All right, have a wonderful evening. Thank you Bye. Bye, Dave. Thank you. Um, right
4: now? So maybe we, do we not? I don't I don't have an application. Chris, uh, you're the, the last one. one. Yeah. All right, Then you don't. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't think so. no, not. There's a high probability there's not being a challenge. Sounds like, yeah, it sounds yeah, like, <laughs> like get <laughs> it together.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> be, I haven't seen any public notices, so I, I'm beginning to be because I kind of get okay, close. Yeah. 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 And then, and then in the pipe, I'm sure. Yeah. We have
4: a lot of a ministry Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no.
2: So, excuse me, um, did I just hear there was not a meeting on the 17th?
5: Highly, highly likely
1: that there won't be.
2: Okay, I just, it was, people were coming and going off of Zoom, so there was lots of bonging and binging and stuff. Really?
1: <laughs> that was because there was no meeting on the 17th. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so beyond that, we'll keep you all posted. Okay. Thank you. 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 we officially adjourned, Mr. Chair. We are. We're officially Thank we you the leaders. We, don't. we we don't. just do it. Except we'll do it. that's, oh, that's solid, like,
4: That's how you know. Uh, awesome.
1: Okay. Right, where did you part? Nice. <laughs> he, he was one of the rich ones. Where?
0: Creek Court. Right? <laughs>